Are you ready to make Sydney a major? The 2024 Sydney Marathon is in its final stage of candidacy to become the seventh Abbott World Major Marathon this year, and we need you to help bring it home. Join the FTK team as we take on the Sydney Marathon on Sunday, September 15th. Let's make history, Australia. We also have a 10% off code for the first 200 people who enter with the code FTKSM24. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of For the Kudos. This episode is brought to you by the Sydney Marathon. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm here with a little cutie. <laughs> how are you, little cutie? I'm all right. How are you? Good. How was, uh, how was the fun? <laughs> I, saw, I said to, to Brett, we've just been, we've spent like two hours being super professional, working through everything. Um, and then I said to Brett, you're going to get a little smile when I intro you. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> you don't usually enjoy them? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been really sick of like doing that, Brett. I know. Brett. It's like know. 85 episodes in a row. <laughs> 84 and finally we've changed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll see if I can get to 90 with a different intro every time. <laughs> um, how was the flight back? Very, very long. Um, shout out to Grego who's still stuck in Tokyo. Is he? Yeah. Um, Shit. Yeah, so... A lot of snow in Tokyo on uh, Monday, so it just made our travel so long. Planes um, don't like snow, do they? They don't. So the, <laughs> the wings were fr- freezing, and they had to. So when everyone get on the board, on board, they would come with these de-icer, yeah, and get all the ice off so they could take off. But uh, it was just such a long process. I didn't end up leaving till two thirty a.m. Tuesday morning, which is four thirty. Have you ever Australian seen some? Time. Yeah, hectic. Have you ever seen some planes in like real snowy? Um, like snowy temperatures, the planes have like a, a th- thermal cover, almost like a Patagonia sort of jumper <laughs> that it will like be on the whole plane as it flies. <laughs> Just a little puffer. Yeah. As it flies. Yeah. You haven't seen that? Just kidding, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the Mori Plant meet next Thursday. That's the 15th of Feb. Uh, you can head to Ticketek or search Mori Plant meet on Google. That'll take you straight to where to buy tickets from Athletics Australia. The password you enter is FTK and that'll give you a discount. Um, it's going to be a huge event. Heaps of people uh, racing, a lot of stars. We have the FTK cheer zone, which will be at the top straight. Um, so, yeah, come on down and check out that FTK cheer zone. We'll be there. You'll be able to speak to a lot of the athletes. We're trying to tell people before and after their race to come hang out at the FTK cheer zone. It'll be good, fun. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. We Speaking also, of Plan, we also yeah. have Jake Whiteman on this episode. I'm sure it's not a surprise since it should be in the title. Exactly. Do you know what I love about these episodes? We're like, we've had people say this to us before when we have like a massive name. Um, but then people have to get through like a lot of money. Oh, no. Your bullshit. I oh, know. <laughs> Here, like some some track fan from the UK. G'day, if you're listening, is <laughs> like, I love Jake Whiteman. He's my favourite, and they have to listen to me talk about some made up plane cover. <laughs> <laughs> we can see like in the stats the retention rate, and it really hurts our feelings when the interview stops and then it just drops. So <laughs> if you can see it out so at the you, end of the episode, please do. And also with that retention rate, the drop off, we also. Co- we, oh, we also can see your address, so don't do it. 
<laughs> um, big, uh, big uh, month for Athletics Australia and running. Um, the Adelaide Track Classic is also on. It's going to be bloody awesome to watch that one. Yeah, we spoke a little bit about the Women's 800 because we had Brooke on last week yeah. and she'll be racing. Um, but yeah, going up against Cat Beast at Lyndon Hall and Abby Caldwell. So yeah, pretty much an all-star Australian field there. Also, also found out it's Trina Bissett. She doesn't like being called Cat, I heard. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so I, th- I said something up at Falls Creek. Um, Katrina? It's, yeah, but Trina? so it's Katrina Bissett, yeah. but she doesn't like when it's shortened to Cat. Now, unless people are taking the piss out of me, but I, because I said, oh, what, you know, I said, oh, Cat Bissett's racing. And then some, one of the, I think Georgia maybe said, oh, you know, she likes to be called either Katrina or Trina. Really? Yeah. Maybe Georgia's got a good, really dry sense of humor. And she's, she's played you. <laughs> she's played me. Um, I'm not sure if Trina listens to this, but yeah, I don't think she likes to be called Cat. Hmm. Because I've seen her, I swear I've seen her called Cat a lot. Yeah, it could be complete bullshit. Mm. In the same. Um, well, at least we're getting it out there now. We're getting if it she out doesn't there. doesn't like it. Um, men's 1500 is Cam Myers, Peter Bowl, Jai Edwards. Yeah. Um, very good one. Yeah. Cam likes to be called Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've, we've gotten real stupid pretty early. It's because we haven't done a. Uh, did we do last week's episode in person? Yeah, we did, so no excuses. Yeah, there's no excuses. No excuses. We've got full oxygen in our heads now back <laughs> in Melbourne. Um, also, in the lead up to the Murray Plant meet on Thursday the 15th, we have the live talk at Runner's Paradise in Blackburn on Wednesday the 14th. You know what Wednesday the 14th is, Brett? Valentine's Day. <laughs> Chelsea sent me a message and she goes, yeah, nice one. Yeah, so I asked you a message me. And it was like, what, do none of these boys have to hang out with their girlfriends that night? I was like, well, my girlfriend's away, so it doesn't matter yeah, for me. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You're off the hook. Um, so 100% of the tickets to that will be donated to the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Um, we have Stuart McSwain and Jack Rayner as special guests and there'll be some giveaways on the night. So for those that uh, purchase tickets, obviously you'll be getting uh, a little goodie to take home as well as knowing that 100% of the ticket sale is being donated to the Indigenous Marathon Foundation. Um, also, we spoke about Sydney Marathon at the start of the episode, but where this year we, we didn't do it last year, but this year we're making an FTK team. Um, last year, the biggest team was the Hello Sport podcast, yeah. which I can't believe. Yeah, and we've got to beat them. We have to beat them. So we told Sydney we're competitive. We want everyone to be running as FTK. Everyone, yeah. every single entrant. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> We're going to hack into the Sydney's entries where you can't <laughs> enter unless you're FTK. Um, but yeah, we'll put a link in our Instagram bio and in the show notes um, to click on to register and that'll take you straight to the FTK team. Um, and we also mentioned that there'll be a 10% off code. Yeah. Um, that code is FTKSM24. Yeah. The Sydney Marathon Run Clubs is another exciting thing. It that is. We haven't spoken about. Have we announced I don't that? Know, I don't think we We're always talking about the big things coming. When the big things arrive, I don't know if we've already arrived them. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be launching a Sydney Marathon Run Club in Melbourne um, that will be kicking off on March 3rd and will be running once a month. So whether you've done the Sydney Marathon before or even if it's your first marathon, um, it'll be the perfect chance to come and run with like-minded people and the FTK community in Melbourne. Um, There'll be different pace groups and you'll have a chance to talk with coaches and other runners, um, getting advice and guidance as you lead up to the Sydney Marathon. Um, There's already over 1,000 Victorians registered for the Sydney Marathon, which is more than twice as many as last year. 
Perfect. So that's what, yeah, we'll be we'll be running those. You'll see, uh, you'll hear about it obviously on the podcast and you'll also um, see it on our socials. So we'll build that up. Um, they'll be in different locations around inner Melbourne um, in, the, in the lead up all the way to September. Hey, let's get into some training weeks, what do you reckon? Yeah, the, um, the things we have to get through is getting longer and longer. I know. It's like the, yeah, we don't want to get too successful. Otherwise, we're <laughs> it's like two hours of two hours of business before we get, yeah. down, before yeah. we get down to real business. Um, do you want to talk about your training week first? Do you reckon I should? I feel like talking about retention rates, it'd be good. We've got real like, you know, you know that meme? It's like, well, I had you in the first half. Yeah. And then I start talking about my training week. We'll see a big dip because not much is going on. I'm getting a bit fit, but then it goes into your uh, race recap, which is big. People have said um, up at Falls Creek, speaking to a few people that listen to the podcast, um, they said their favorite episodes are the race recaps. Because mm. It's the one thing, like we can talk about news, you know, we can you know talk about, we'll have interviews with people, but the one thing that l- the listeners will never be able to get is first person experience from a big race. Yeah. Right? It's like, that's what we love hearing about. So... Um, so we'll get through this. So we'll get through this right training now. week, and we'll uh, and then we'll get into Brett's Brett's um, Brett's. Uh, what did you do? Half marathon in yeah. Maragami. Yep. How'd you pull up, by the way? Not too bad. Um, I didn't get to run yesterday because of the travel, but ran with you just this morning and feel not too bad. Feel good. We're cruising along. Yeah. So Look at you getting up Strava. Uh, I know. That's what, and I asked you how you feeling. Yeah. Like, how are you feeling, Brett? And thinking it would buy me some time to get up Strava. Um, so I am just trying to... What look. day did you start your week on? Kicked off up at Falls Creek. We did the tower run um, on a Monday. Changing things up mm. was because David Pierce up there, um, David Pierce Productions, as we said in Live, Laugh, Love and Run, that that was his full legal name. <laughs> <laughs> um I just, yeah, did uh, an hour. It was funny starting out, you know, I feel like everyone just runs pretty fast their first like K. Um, and I was like in between the guys group and then the girls group and I could hear Jen laughing because she goes, oh, that's a lonely run for Joel because <laughs> he's like caught in between the two groups. But I'm like, I don't want to like, they were running like, felt like close to four minute Ks in the beginning. They probably weren't, but I just wasn't warmed up. Um, but then like midway through the run, I just like, yeah, warmed up and, and, and felt good and ran with ran with the guys. It was 4.17s for the hour. 4.29 was that first K. Was it? Yeah, so it just shows this this old body, this <laughs> yeah. old leathery body struggles with that, uh, the first Ks. Um, Tuesday morning, I went to the top of Aqueduct and we had K reps. Now, Collis said he was happy for me to go at my own pace um, after sort of going with the girls group the previous week. Um, I'll tell you what, talking about fast at the beginning, that first K is, the first 500 of that K is fast. It's way faster than if we're doing Ks at the tan. I've said this before. You and everyone agreed. I spoke to them. Everyone goes, yeah, I think it's because the trail's so narrow. So at the tan, you like start like eight abreast yep. and it's almost more like a race start. Whereas on the um, the start of the Ks at the aqueduct, it's like two abreast. So everyone funnels and everyone goes like really quick. So it's fast because we're going faster. Going faster. No, not, not necessarily it's downhill. No, 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 no. It just feels far. And yeah, like yeah. I've said to people and people go, yeah, it feels like it's yeah, always the pressure's do. on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, holy shit. Like it's like everyone's sort of fighting for position almost. Um, so I was like dropped instantly and I was like, well, hum, this is going to be a long a long day and I thought I was by myself and I ran like 258 for the first one and then um, ran with 
Yoji um, and Logie and Logie just had six uh, with a fast one because he was racing on the weekend. But I pretty much yeah, kept kept them all um, relatively under control. I think my fastest was 254 and my slowest was 302. I worked out the average. I always like to do that and it was 257s. So um, some, yeah, that's definitely the fastest I've been even including like at the tan. So at, at, at altitude as well, fastest I've been for like six months. So mm. Good Good feeling. Um, Tuesday night went on the elliptical, did some good cross training. Then on Wednesday, I went to the gym, um, day off running for me on a Wednesday, uh, and then sat on the spin bike, um, in the, in the gym that night. Just sat on it? Just sat on it. Yeah, I don't pedal. No, yeah. <laughs> you serious? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you smart Alec. Um, Thursday morning went out on the main road while everyone was doing threshold. And, you know, we've joked about it in the previous weeks um, how the, uh, like, the wind. Yeah. Right? It feels like a tailwind. And I was, like, running really – I felt so good. Like, my body's, like, finally, like, starting to feel good on easy runs. Um, and I was, like – looking at the trees. I'm like, are they bending forward? Like, what's, what is this? And then I did a U-turn, felt fine. So I thought everyone's on for a good day today, all the people that are training. So no is, wind. Which is everyone except me. Now, finish the run. Um, so I go out past Langford's and they all like come back running past me. So it's sort of it's sort of nice. I was listening to music and I finished the finished the run. Um, I think I did like 15K. It was a bit over an hour. Um, and then... Yeah, finished with where the group was and asked how everyone went and everyone said, yeah, it was really good. There was a little bit of wind on the road, but it was really good. And I said as a joke, I go, oh, I bet you, bet you my threshold tomorrow morning will be really yeah. windy. Um, so I went Friday morning just with Whitey on the bike, came out with me and you can ask Whitey, even he agreed, it was wind everywhere. <laughs> there was no tailwind. It was like headwind and then I was like, we, we turned left, it was a headwind. Then I turned right. It was a, so what I think it was, was just crosswind yeah, the whole yeah. time, just really windy. So I had Whitey on the bike next to me and uh, tell you what, he wasn't, wasn't going in front much. He doesn't, does he? <laughs> and I said to him, uh, that, so I had three by 12 minutes, same as what you guys have done um, in the past where it's like the 12 minutes at threshold, then 12 minutes a bit slower and then 12 minutes at threshold. Um, and the annoying thing was probably the easiest 12 minutes on uh, the wind was the middle one. Yeah. Right? So it was kind of annoying. It's um, really hard to do that session when it's windy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, 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 I just went off heart rate. Yeah. Was but one, it still can just be hard. Yeah. It's definitely, it was definitely hard. Um, so it was 309s for the first 12 minutes. And it was exactly like, um, you know, I finished at threshold heart rate right because it takes obviously some time to build up and then the next one was really enjoyable i think it was like 316s or something um and my heart rate was like one six like like 160 ish which is you know that was i was i was that heart rate i was sorry threshold heart rate um at 315 316 before i went to falls so it's yeah. good to be like 10 beats below that only like mm -hmm. three weeks later um and then had a bit of a tailwind and i was able to sit on whitey for the last 12 minutes it was 306 Okay. Yeah. So I went 309, 316, 306. So it was good. Um, and yeah, Whitey, Whitey said I was like, looked like I was moving well. Um, it's sort of nice. There's something nice about doing that solo because I was like in the morning, or the th I think it was Thursday morning, it's someone said, why don't you just go with us? And I'm like, well, it's threshold. And uh, I don't really care. I don't care. Like, it's like the company can be good and like having someone yeah, more up and warm down with. Definitely. The session. Yeah. The session was good. And also, it's like you fucking, sometimes you just need it, you know. 
go by yourself yeah. and get the whole you know whole thing done. Mind you, I did have Whitey on the bike, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, then Saturday. So yeah, I was going to uh, drive home on Saturday morning after a run, and then I th- sort of thought, hang on, I'm either going to do an hour, then get in the car and sort of stiffen up, um, or I was thinking maybe do I split the run on Saturday? And I was in the shower on Friday. Um, I think it was the same. It was either the shower that day or the shower the night before I set off the f- fire alarms. Did you hear about that? No, because my the fan doesn't and the, the fan wasn't working um, where we we're staying up at the Schuss, <laughs> the Schuss Lodge. So the, they hadn't fixed the fan in the in the room. Um, but you know, because we all we've all got our own our own bathrooms, and I just like walk out. Like open the door and just walk out and the steam just goes straight into the fan and just sets it off. And I'm like naked in my room and I'll get knocks on the door and I'm like fucking trying to get it out <laughs> and stuff. And I open the thing and then like everyone's like, you all right? Like the, I think everyone thought I was bloody smoking in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I open that and I like, it was I think Carlos and Jude at the door and I open them with the look of, yes, I know it's me. What am I supposed to do? And they apologize. They fixed the fan the next day. So it was fine. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I ended up, I was in the shower on, on Friday after my session. I thought, why don't I just drive home now? Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to, you know, drive, I'll drive home a bit later. So I like chilled. I did some yoga and all that to stretch and relax. And then I got in the car and drove and, um, and was uh, supposed to surprise Chelsea. It's another story. It didn't really work out, the surprise. <laughs> Her mum's like, gave it away, sort of. And like Chelsea's like, oh, I thought something was up and all that. <laughs> Because I was going to like, it was funny. Um, How long have you been gone for? Like 10 minutes? No, but it was just like, because she thought I was coming back on Saturday. Yeah. And I was like, I'm here. And she was like, oh, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I was ex- expecting a big fanfare. <laughs> um, but that was much smarter. And then Saturday morning, just did an easy uh, hour in Newport. And then Sunday, another long run out near Newport. Um, just did an hour 40. And it was 106 Ks for the week. Oof. Two good sessions. Good. Building up. Getting yeah. strong. Now, for those listening, now, welcome Tune back. Tune back in. Just <laughs> yeah. tuned out from that. <laughs> Maragami race week for you. Yeah. Uh, Monday, still at Falls Creek. So, and Nick just said, just do two short runs, um, which was nice. I think I'd probably been a little bit tired in those hills. Um, so, it was kind of good to have just a bit of an easier session, an easier day. Um, so, I did, yeah, did 35 in the morning and then 35 again at night. Um, and then Tuesday did 8 by k with no fast ones, so just kind of ran them all even. Uh, ran. How hard was that? Uh, no, I felt, I felt, felt pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. So, I went 49, 50, 53, 49, 51, 51, 55, 50. Could have gone with you on that 53. Yeah. <laughs> what about 55? Huh? What about 55? I would have dropped her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was just kind of like the boys were doing um, – because some of the boys were doing fast ones. So I'd kind of jump in after their fast one with them and I don't want to then just go and run like 250 if, if they weren't going to be able to do it. Yeah. So I was, was kind of like judging off them a little bit if, if they needed to go a bit slower. Can we mention who a certain person did as their fast one or should we keep it Stewie. up? Yeah, Stewie, it was a very impressive session of what he did. <laughs> 31, right? Yeah. One fast ones, yeah. But then one of his, the one between the two fast ones was still 44. Yeah. Which is quicker than everyone did fast ones that day. It was quicker Stewie than ran quicker than everyone that, yeah. in one of his slow ones. Boy's fit. He's fit. Watch him in my plant, mate. Yeah. Um, rare, and then so uh, me and Grego drove back to Melbourne that straight after that session. And then we did, we got back, did, 
38 minutes with Geordie Williams. Geordie. A little surprise. Celebrity um, appearance. Yeah. Hey, don't we still have him locked in for a Patreon special this year? <laughs> yeah, he's gone pretty quiet, I reckon. Yeah, he has <laughs> gone just, quiet. What was it if we donated to his Movember? If if uh, FDK, FDK community donated $1,000. And they did? They did. Yeah. So he'll be doing it. He'll be doing but it. I do, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see how much um, training he gets done. Yeah, he's pretty busy, isn't he? He will get he will get some training done, but I don't What's think he's his motivated. Gold Coast, yeah. There you so, go. Um, but yeah, he, he came out for that run and and Greg and I were, were going to run early before our flight on Wednesday morning and he's like, oh yeah, I might come as well. <laughs> didn't see him. <laughs> didn't see him. <laughs> what time was it? <laughs> we ran at 5.45. Ooh. And, uh, I, and then I got back, was getting in the shower, heard his alarm go off. By the time I got out of the shower, got dressed, had breakfast, left. He still wasn't up. <laughs> he was having a bit of a, a little bit of lion. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty boy, Jordy with a lion. Uh, um, what did Grego think of the pull-out trundle? He loved it. Yeah. He wants to buy one. I thought so. Yeah. Because he was saying to me, he's like, I'm like, where are you going to sleep? And you know what Grego's like? And I'm like, nah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. I've slept on that a few times. I um, thought he might have been in Nelson's dog bed, but. Yeah. But yeah, Greg and I did a little loop around the streets in, in the dark. Um, but that's walk. like normal time for Grego. I think you've, does some sessions at that time. Yeah. It's it's something different in Melbourne though. Yeah. Uh, and then we flew to Tokyo. So we had one night in Tokyo once we got there. So Barney Records, go record shopping? Nah, didn't didn't really have time to do anything. We got there at night, went to dinner. This is probably like ten o'clock at dinner. And then we went to bed, got up, ran, and then at eleven we're going. Yeah. Out. So yeah, just did uh, thirty four minutes in the morning before flying to Maragami. Ran another 33 minutes that afternoon. Um, I've pretty much actually had a pretty big taper into this race. I think just coming off um, the Force Creek, I just felt like I needed to yeah. I don't know, have it. I wanted to run really well too and I felt like I just, I'm not racing that much this year. So I'm like, I might as well kind of when I'm going to race, get the most out of it. Yeah. Especially in yeah, the early that. period. Yeah. Like Maragami is your... It's like your last like big road. It's not just a race that you would train. No, definitely not. You're not going to go fly to Japan yeah. and train through it. Yeah, exactly. As much as you would like to say, oh, I really appreciate that because I was thinking, you, I was going to have to sit through a buddy podcast of you going like, yeah, just train, just train through, through it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Friday morning we did um, like a 40-minute run, but in the middle we stopped and did four by one minute. Um, doing it in Vimero's. Um, run at race pace never feels oh, great. Never feels good. Yeah. I would have been happy to, if I was doing it by myself, I would have run out, changed my shoes. Definitely. But Gregor was like, oh, no, I'm not going to change shoes. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, it hurts. Yeah. It definitely hurts. It's just the mental thing. You want to feel fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just like, and you look down at your watch and it's like saying kind of at like low 250 pace and I'm like, how the hell do I hold this for an hour? Yeah. But and you feel like you're sprinting. Yeah, uh, around another thirty minutes that evening. So pretty much I've just done thirty minute say, runs. Like, <laughs> I tell you what, we've been making a joke about the retention rate. It has not. Yeah, spiked. yeah. <laughs> just as you're about to go into the race recap, that's when we'll welcome back the listeners. And then uh, Saturday morning, another thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, woke up. Ate my, thirty ate my minute rice. <laughs> um, yeah. What time do you wait? So what time's race start? 10.35. This way so stuff fine. gets interesting. Yeah, um, it's. I love the Japanese races. Oh. Nice early, uh, not an early start. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite to what I was about to say. 
Um, but yeah, so I got up at just before seven, which Australian time, that's just before nine. Yeah. So it's, it's very good on the body. Did a 3K warm up. And then, yeah. How'd you feel? Got to the race. How'd I feel in the race? Uh, the warm up. Um, <laughs> You're all over the place though, mate. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think too much about how I feel. I know, and I think that's good, but I think it's interesting to ask in reflection, you know? Yeah. Um, and are you deliberately saying like, I don't put too much weight into how I feel and you don't acknowledge how you feel or it's actually a fact that you don't really remember because you don't? I'd say I don't Ooh, really remember. That's a deep question. Yeah. I'd say both, like at the time, I'm not, I purposely don't think about yeah. how I'm feeling. But, I'm, I do the exact same. Um, but it's, I guess it's hard not to think about it. You also. can all, or yeah, or you can at least recognize how you're feeling and tell yourself that how you're feeling has zero impact. Yeah. Like we, when we spoke to Dean Cooper, he said the yeah, exact exactly. same thing. It's like you can. You, you don't want to get into that thing of like if you're feeling shit, you don't want to block it out and go, I'm going to feel good. And if you're feeling great, you don't necessarily want to block it out, but you just tell yourself, okay, I acknowledge how I'm feeling. This does not mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. And like you know, that's what he did say, like a lot of the time when your body's going, oh, I'm not feeling good, it's it creating a little safety yeah. so you don't go 241k yeah. and like not so this makes you at least stick to the plan exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I was feeling. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, this I don't know if, if it was like this when you ran it, but the first few k is chaos. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I didn't even start on the front line. Um, and at first I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like we've got a long race. Like I don't really care if I start on the front line. Um, but I wish I did because yeah. I just, I just. I don't know, like I felt like I didn't get a great start, but I felt just like after like 500 meters, I was just like in 40th or something. Yeah. And I can kind of see these guys like that I know I should be with up ahead of me. I'm like, I want to get there, but I'm like, I can't get there. Um, But just every single corner, it's just like people pushing and people tripping over. So I don't remember corners for some yeah. reason. In my mind, I just remember like going pretty much dead straight. No, there's definitely some corners. Yeah. Um, so, so I remember like I remember three guys fell and I jumped over the top of them. Mm. And like I remember thinking to myself, maybe I do have a future in steeple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's like a few corners, but I think as well because it was just so many people at once. So even a slight little corner, it's just everyone trying to get to the inside a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a lot of like argy bargy. Yeah. Say. Hey, um, would you just racing forward a little bit? What'd you finish? Nineteenth. And what time did you run? 61.27. Yeah, so I ran 62.03 and was 11th. So it goes to show that the depth so Jack, wasn't the same. Jack that year ran 61.30 something. And was third, right? And was third. Yeah. And then last year was 61, um, about the same as what I ran and was eighth. Yeah, so this year was fast year. It was just, yeah, it was just so many people, especially from 61 minutes to 62, there was just... A lot of people. Yeah, so what did Tim run? What did Tim come? Don't know. Like, he like, oh, like it's so funny because like Clarky, Adam Clark, oh, yeah, who yeah. we was like, 60. he ran 61.52 and we were like trying to get results but like couldn't get it because like they don't go down far enough. For 61.52. Like, like they weren't doing it. Like they just print out this like page of 25 athletes and then they just weren't giving results for the rest. So, wow. Um, yeah, I, so. Isn't that crazy? So in four years, yeah, when I, as I said, I came 11th. 
for 62. Yeah. Right? So it's like Tim wouldn't even be in the top 50. I don't know. I, I reckon, yeah, I reckon he'd be like 40s, 40s, maybe. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, which is pretty crazy. But it means you guys had it easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, going back. So your first first K, you, you're in the in the whirlwind of people getting knocked around. Yeah, and then yeah, like first K was two fifty six, which um, it, you do run like straight up a, the bridge, so it's like a little bit. It always is a little bit slow that first K, um, and then kind of yeah, sudden knocking off some fifty ones, forty nine, fifty one, forty nine, forty eight, but. Um, I felt like we were very up and down though. Mm, like we would just kind of like I, the, the pace didn't feel that, that fast and then all of a sudden we just take off yeah. for a little bit. Um, it's the worst way to run and you yeah. feel like when you're in that, you, like, you want to just, you don't want to be like, oh, this feels too hard. Oh, no, nah, I'm all good now. Yeah. Oh, no, this feels a bit hard. Oh, no, nah, I'm good now. Yeah. All it's doing is just tiring your body. Exactly. Like that part when you're going too hard, like it literally is too hard. You're damaging. Yeah. Yeah, energy stores. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, the the eighth K. Did you not bother yelling out and just going, "Hey guys, can we just slow down at the front?" I know. I kind of wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I put, yeah, I don't know. I think there was a, a pacemaker. Um, so there was three guys from the same team. They're all Kenyan athletes, but they run for a Japanese team. And there was one guy that was at the front, and he stopped after. 7k or something yeah so I, I feel like he was a pacemaker for them um but wasn't doing a very good job um but yeah getting into the where he was they've been practicing fart lake and yeah maybe just, and ruined everyone else yeah. yeah um so the eighth k was a 245 Shit. um but during this was when the this guy he ended up finishing third but he was, grabbed a gel and then he dropped the gel and for some reason decides to stop turn around go through the pack to pick it up. So crazy. And yeah, I just kind of like smashed straight into him, kind of like half hit him, half like jumped to the side and... Just lose all your momentum. Yeah, just lost my momentum. And then like, I was like kind of in shock of like, what the hell just happened? Like why yeah. was a guy just running the opposite way all of a sudden? Yeah. Um, it's so hard to like process... What's going on? You can't just go, oh, what's that? It's like you got to, you're got you in a race. You're like, fuck, and your brain's gone, I'm in Maragami half. Shit, that just happened. What do I do? Boom. Exactly. And then and then I'm like kind of, I don't know, six or seven meters off the pack because I was running at the back of the pack as well. So then I'm like, oh, like. I, when this happened, how many people were in front? There would have been, it would have been about a group of maybe 10. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, so I'm like just off the back and I'm like, oh, Straight away, my legs just like went heavy. Yeah. Like when something like that happens, when you get like a little shock or scare, you I feel like your legs just always just go to yeah. bricks. It feels like, like it feels like poison gets leaked through yeah, your body. Yeah. I know exactly um, the feeling. And so I was like, oh, I don't know if I can just if I should work hard right now to catch up. And I knew we were flying. Like I knew it was the fastest, my fastest K. It can happen um, at any point. Like sometimes, I, like if the if the sun like reflects like poorly in my eyes, it happens to me. <laughs> Um, I was speaking to Sondra race and he said here in 243 for that K. Was it downhill? Um, it was like, yeah, it was slightly downhill. Like my thing says minus three. Yeah. Um, but but then, so the ones then after. Sure, that's not your performance condition? Yeah, it could have been. A lot of minuses. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the one after, I was just like, so I like kind of the, the gap had grown a little bit and I was like looking back and I'm like seeing this Ken- the Kenyan guy now 
hunting me down. And I was just like getting kind of angry. I'm like, this is like so annoying. And then I was like, oh, I just need to compose myself here a little bit. Like I, I can't catch up to these guys just yet. I have to just like have a bit of an easy time and let my legs kind of come back to me. So these guys behind me caught me. But yeah, that cave was like a 259 where Sondra and suffering like another 248, and yeah. 247 again. Um, so straight away, like in that two or three K, put like 15 seconds into me. Yeah, it was very hard. Um, and then, yeah, like I kind of got going again, like you know, a couple of 53s, 52s. Um, and I was like starting to feel okay. And I was like, all right, let's try to catch these guys again. Um, and I went to the front, but every time I just go to the front, like I just start pushing and then I just felt like I just had nothing in my legs. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since you've had that sort of feeling in a race that wasn't a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was funny. Like, I'm trying to think. I'm the, I should know out of everybody because I listen to them. <laughs> yeah. But I can't think of any, maybe, yeah, maybe a 10K or something you did last year when you said, said your legs felt a bit shit. Yeah. Sydney 10 yeah. or something, was it, maybe? Or uh, Gold Coast half, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, and then got to 16K. So it was a bit of a group there. Um, and I'd kind of like sit in for a little bit and then be like, nah, come on, like I gotta go faster here. And I was still on like decent pace at this point. Like I feel like I was on, I don't know, 60, 30, 60, 45 oh, pace. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, but then I was kind of got to like 5K to go and just like I really just had nothing. Um, my 19th and 20th K were really bad. Like what over, were they? over three minutes, three really? or three, three or seven. Wow. So I was like having a bit of like a stitch in my left side, not my normal side. Mm-hmm. And I just, but I don't know, I think as well, like losing a bit mentally um, just because like a bit annoyed that like the pace had dropped down so much. And then uh, I kind of like split my watch with 5K to go. It's like, right, let's just run as hard as I can these last 5K. And then like you get in the get, feedback, get feedback that yeah. I was like only running like 258 or something. Yeah. So I'm like kind of like, fuck, I'm just having a shit day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so hard to... You, you almost need like, you know, someone on the sideline that you know just be like, just get something out of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like you get in you. And then like there's there's so many people in the last, like all together um, or like a big like string of people and so I got kind of a K to go and I was like, come on, let's just like see what I can run for this last K. Like, and I was able to change gears, which means like it was just I had – Definitely, I was not having a good day. Like, I just didn't really have it in the legs, but I had lost it mentally too. Yeah. Because I was able to, like, I ran 251 for the last K. Okay. Um, so I was, like, able to kind of get going pretty good again. And we've said to run the fastest half marathon possible if your last kilometer is max effort and the same pace that you've been Yeah, running, exactly. Is the fastest way. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, past a few people in the, like, the last K. Um, but yeah, it was just like a string, a string of people going across the line. So yeah, finished in sixty-one twenty-seven, which is my second fastest time. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like I could have, like, definitely, like, kind of run into that guy and and losing the pack and just, um, I don't know, losing a little bit mentally. I think definitely cost me. Like, I reckon I definitely could run like sixty thirty, sixty forty, um, on that day. But um, yeah, just wasn't really my it's day. Annoying. But yeah. Yeah, it's not. I feel like, as I said, hasn't been. It's it's not often not your day. Yeah, but it's still like it's not even. It's not a terrible run either. Like, no, um, sometimes those ones frustrate more. Yeah, definitely. I feel, yeah. Because 
the real terrible days when you just have a fucking shit house run, you sort of, you know, you almost not laugh about it. They hurt on the day, but a couple of days later you just go, oh, that's not reflective of anything. Whereas those ones where you, you know, you've, you, you, it's your second fastest time ever, but you know yeah. you could have been a lot faster if yeah. things didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like a, well, there's nothing you can really do when you ex- you're not expecting someone to be running back at you. <laughs> but it's um, crazy. I was speaking, um, yeah. It was to Bailey, Bailey at training yesterday, and he said he watched it because yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch that part, so I didn't see it. But he said it was clear, like you just like dropped the gel and just ran backwards. Yeah, and so this guy had also for that. this guy had also a couple of k earlier fallen over, so he was just like <laughs> all over, all the, over shop. the shop, and um, and, and like but the thing is like he got up. <laughs> I don't honestly, I don't know how he did it because he gets up, sprints back to the front. And then drops the gel, goes back, sprints back to the front, and it's just like, what did he end up finishing? Third, <laughs> like uh, sixty eleven. But <sighs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I know I can't do that. Like, I can't build lactate like that and then just go back to being fine. So, yeah. Um, it was yeah, pretty impressive. He's able to do that. But I, I know not many athletes. Like, I was speaking to Sondra about. It's it like not many people. Can he he couldn't do that. No. Like, it's um, yeah. So it was, it was pretty. Pretty, but it's just, yeah, but that kind of maybe he doesn't worry about it. Also, where I'm like getting shitty, where I should just be like, oh fuck it, like just keep going. And yeah, I wonder if there is something you can take out of this that say next time because there definitely will be another race where whether something like that happens or you know yeah things can happen yeah front or someone yeah. drops a bottle in a marathon and you hit your foot on it or something like that and then you because it's so natural for that mental um, for the negative feedback yeah. to go into your brain. So nat- I think that happens naturally. And you can't control that, but then it's how you manage it. Yeah. So you just go, okay, well, I remember last time I exactly. spat the dummy and it didn't work out for me. So let's just forget about it. Let's keep running. Yeah. And I think that's, you have to try to learn something from every single race. And um, so like, I know it's the same when we went to that uh, Bendigo race and kind of you start making excuses when you're not having a good run and that, and then you have to learn from that and turn up the next time and be better. So yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully next time if something happens, like I won't, I'll just be like, just get on with it and yeah. just do it. But um, yeah, I, I do wonder like when you do get that feeling though, like after something like that, when your legs feel like shit, like is that, is it actually something happening or like, like a, is it a physical thing? Is or it a physical is it- thing or is it just, um, or, or is it going to affect me if I just keep running my pace or do I have to take it easy? I don't know. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you have do, the. What is it? <laughs> Tell me. I need to I know the facilities. I'm for trying that to thing, learn. <laughs> um, uh, I think that it must have. We should find this out from an actual expert. But I wonder if something like that, where with an adrenaline, there's a spike in adrenaline, and then the, the downside of it. Like we've seen people in track races, like there's famous races where people have fallen over. They get up and with the you know the big injection of adrenaline can fight themselves back onto the front pack. Mm. And then a lap later, they're off the back. Yeah, and so and that's what I was like thinking. I'm like, that's not what you do. Like, you have to keep composure and, and yeah. do it gradually. But um, but then also that's not. But then I'm now I'm not in the pack. Yeah, and now exactly. I'm like yeah, and now I'm like pl- trying to play catch up. So it's it's what t- what balancing. pace do you reckon you would have had to run to get back onto the pack? Like a two forty k. Yeah, pr- probably. Mm. Um, yeah. So and like that's where uh, and I just because I had known the K when it happened was already fast and I was already thinking like this K is too fast right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so, so I'm already over the edge Yeah, and then that's happening and I don't want, and so I'm worried about 
doing another hard K and just blowing up because I've done that. So, oh, yeah, I find it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, th- I think sometimes as well, we've spoken about this where after races, you always are t- um, tossing and turning in your head about like what could have been and what mm. should have been and what you could have done. But often you make, especially as someone as, as experienced as you, you made the right decision in that right moment because, you know, you could have. I know imagined. how I was feeling. You know how you're feeling and it's just, it's, you know, once you're a week after the race, you start forgetting how Definitely, you were feeling. 100%, you, yeah. Right? Like I've had races where like, you know, I haven't run that well and then like three days later I'm reflecting on it and I'm like, I wonder if I could have gone harder up that hill. And it's like, if you could have, you would have. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But you forget how much pain you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, um, I'll tell you what, the list for, for a lot of the listeners, sometimes we talk about these paces and stuff. Um well, next time you next time you're doing a workout, try do a cat, try do like a lap at two forty pace, and think that that's what Brett's has to run at that pace to catch back onto the group yeah. in, a, in a half marathon. Yeah, then we um, get all these get all these emails from people saying they're injured, yeah, having heart attacks and stuff. <laughs> don't do that. We don't condone that. Um, one thing uh, when I was in. Marigami, it's not in my training week because I wasn't on Strava, but uh, me and Sandre went to a school, a primary school, to like teach some running drills. Oh, nice. And it was like, it was like the cutest things ever. Like, they were so, um, like, they, they had someone like g them up and gone, you know what, they run for half marathon, like, and they're saying their PBs and they're going, oh, like, <laughs> but at first, like, the thing is, like, they didn't even know how far the half marathon was at first, <laughs> and then this, but uh, the kids are just loving it. And you then realize that before you guys have got in there, they've said to the kids, now, when we say this, go, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then they were doing these races. So Sandra and I would run with each um, class. Yeah. And so we were kind of what taking the, how turns. How long before the races? Is? This was Thursday, Arvo. Yeah. I think, or, or Friday, Arvo. Um, but we, we would just do, it was like 150 meter lap with each with each thing. And then, uh, so we would just jog around. And they're like sprinting, like, and um, it was so funny. And then they picked the fastest kid from each class to come and have a two lap race. Mm. And then they're like, oh, do you want to, if you guys want to race and I'm like, nah. And Sandra's like, oh, I'll jog behind them. But then we had this interpreter with us and he's like, I'll race them. <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's American, um, he speaks Japanese. And if this was filmed, this would be my thing that was sent on Instagram because this interpreter turned up going for the win. <laughs> he, he was there, sat in the pack with a hundred minutes to go, pulled out and is kicking. Like How was, old are these kids? No, these kids are um, from grade one to six <laughs> and the interpreter would be 25. And it was the funniest thing because like, he, like he said he played ultimate frisbee back at home. Um, but he just like, it was just so funny watching him pull was out. He like double their sprint, height? Sprint, double their height and <laughs> got out kicked by one of the kids. So he didn't get the win either. And that like, was, oh, I was crying. It was 800 race. No, it was a... No, it was a 300 race because oh, it's like a 150 meter lap. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Um, oh, but it was so funny. So he's watching it. <laughs> he literally <laughs> thought he was going to get the win. God, <laughs> I'm pitching him like in the in the beginning, he's got like headphones and the tracksuit on. He's doing all drills, yeah, and yeah. and stuff. He's got the inhaler. He's had no dose. <laughs> oh, it, it was so funny to watch. That's hilarious. Well, um, good work. Sounds like there is plenty of stuff you can take from this. Um, when are you racing next? Um, I know you're pacing a Mo the, plant. Yeah, 5K Mo plant. And then that Sunday, run the bridge. Yeah. 
in Hobart. Yep. Awesome. Well, now we've heard about that. Let's hear from an actual champion of the sport. Yeah, welcome back, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, we spoke with Jake Whiteman, man that needs little introduction. Um, we spoke with him while we were away at Falls Creek. He will be racing the mile at Murray Plant. Yeah. So um, definitely, you know, how often do you get to see a, a uh, world champion? Yeah, definitely. He just raced um, on the weekend in Boston, an indoor race. Um, 3.34 he ran. So his first race in... Uh, 12 or 13 months. Yeah. Um, yeah, he raced up, last he, year. Yeah, j- he just got beat, but still a very good opener for someone who hasn't raced. Yeah. Can't wait to watch him. Yeah. So enjoy this interview, guys. All right, FTK listeners, we said big things coming and they have arrived. Um, I thought this person was in South Africa, but just found out he's back in UK where he's from. Um, 2022 world champion in the 1500 meters, Jake Whiteman. Jake, how are you? Yeah, thank you. I'm not as tired as I thought I was going to be. I'm literally, yeah, three, four hours off the plane, but I'm good. I'm good to chat to you guys. That's the main thing. Yeah, good, good. We've been trying to get this um, going a few time zone <laughs> changes and, um, yeah, it makes things difficult. But, yeah, and you're a busy man because off to Boston later in the week. Yeah, my, my body clock's going to be a mess. So I'm Boston in two days' time and then by this time next week, I think I'll be on my way to Australia. So, yeah, who knows, like, where I'm going to feel when I'm on my way there because I'll have jumped literally across the world. Also, I lose a day of my life that I'll never get back. (laughs) I go from San Fran uh, to Melbourne and it's like you just lose a day. I just go from like the the 6th of Feb to 8th of Feb all of a sudden. So it's like, I don't know where where that goes. A secret to get it back is to go back from Melbourne back to San Fran. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've passed on that sadly. (laughs) I haven't come back to Hong Kong for literally around the world in in the space of a month, I think, which is cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It'd be nice to get out here. You said you'd be able to go for a run in jackets and a tight and tight. So it'd be nice to get out here in some sunny weather. I know. Yeah, my plan is to just literally rewash my South Africa stuff and hope that that'll do me for Melbourne. <laughs> That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's, surely it's best in short. How how was your time in South Africa? Good. It was uh, the best way to describe it was that like, uneventful. So yep. for the first time in like, a few camps in the past year, nothing went wrong. Like it was all good. Everything was like step forward. And this time last year, I'd have been coming home in uh, my boot, having done my foot in the gym. So I saw because I got wheeled off the plane last year, and there was a little like they put all the wheelchairs back to back, and you get scooted along by this machine. And I saw them all getting ready to go as I came off the plane, and I was like, oh. Thank God I'm not getting on it this time. So it's been good. I'm ready to race is the main thing. Yeah, like let's talk about that. I'm sure you hate talking about your injury, but yeah, this time last year you were on a boot, hurt yourself at a training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, how was 2023 for you coming off such like a big year in 2022? Yeah, I think that's probably the reality of how our sport works. Is that mm-hmm. every time you think you're like riding these highs and you're on top of the world, it like shoots you down pretty quick. Uh, my 2023 calendar year from start to finish, terrible. So it started with that and I've only ever had really one big injury, which was 2019. I, I did my sacrum, I got a stress fracture. And then since then, I, I'd only really had like a few days off at a time. And it was literally just a freak accident. So my last week of training in South Africa, I was doing that plyometrics over hurdles. I like was knackered from doing a track session in the morning and I just rolled over my foot, put all my weight on it because I just like bailed out of this jump. And then from there, it was like, I thought it was going to be six weeks in a boot and then I'd be back running pretty quick. And 
the way it goes is like going in a boot and offloading for that amount of time. You come back thinking you can get into it pretty quick and you can't. And then more things just end up cro- like cropping up. And I think I rolled from one injury to another until the end of summer pretty much, which is frustrating because it's like every time there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and you think you're back running, there's something else that comes and gets you. So eventually in the summer it was... The increase in mileage gave me a stress fracture in my shin and then the increase in speed work gave me a torn hamstring. So I was just a double whammy. And then the timeline just meant that I could have got back, but I'd have been literally for a few weeks of training going into Worlds just to probably bomb out in the heats, which I don't think uh, that would give me any joy whatsoever. Mm, for sure. It must, be, must have been incredibly tough. Um, Jake, as a runner myself who's dealt with like so many injuries um, and I know like, we have a lot of listeners that deal with injuries uh, on and off and you know it's part of the sport as you said um, having a, a like a whole year without racing how did you find you were able to keep up the motivation while you were you know not racing at all and going from injury to injury was there so, you know obviously being a competitive athlete um, were there little milestones you set for yourself to, to achieve in that time of being injured or yeah, you have to. Otherwise, it's bleak because everyone always says that you've got an identity beyond being an athlete and running. And I completely agree with that. But when you're getting paid to compete and perform and you're not able to do that, you feel a little bit worthless. So that was how I felt. was like, not like a fraud, but I was earning a living doing what I wasn't meant to be doing. It's like I don't get paid to cross train. It's like the reason I do this sport is to race and I enjoy racing. So it was tough when someone came to to see everybody else going and you're not the one on the start line but for me like the Olympics being so close was my biggest kind of motivator it was like everything I'm doing for this year now isn't going to get me back to a 2023 season but it's all part of making myself as like robust and keeping as fit as possible for 2024 um, it was mainly like enjoying um, enjoying the cross training and enjoying staying fit was what I, I really benefited from so I spent a lot of time when I first got injured this time last year just on a cross trainer on my own in the gym. And then by the time summer came and I was taking a bit more time off again, I was like, I'm sick of this. I need to do something that is actually a bit fun. So I bought a road bike because I was like, around where we live, we have like uh, like Richmond Park, which is a bit of a mecca for cycling. And a lot of my mates around here will go out and ride there. So I was dragging mates out on my bike. I realized it is hard. Like <laughs> I thought, I thought I was like pretty good. Like in my quads, like strong was like fit enough to be all right on a bike. But you get these like six-year-old blokes like powering past you, and it's just a massive ego kill. Um, but for me, it was that. It was like not making it like a punishment. It's like being injured and cross-training and rehab doesn't have to be kind of like doom and gloom and unenjoyable. You can still enjoy doing it you just got to change your mindset I was able to like relax in the summer I didn't have a normal stressful like high pressure summer of racing therefore I was able to do stuff with friends more like say yes to like I don't know like people's birthdays or like events I wouldn't normally be able to go to so like more than anything it wasn't just trying to reset my body it was trying to reset my mind to be in the best headspace possible to want to get back to hard training and then get ready for what is going to be a pretty stressful year I'm sure all your mates would have uh, liked you being injured then. You finally gone a bit. Mate, I say that. Like, they're probably not, for God's sake, like, why is he not racing? He's still bombing us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when will he get back? <laughs> um, you may or may not know this, but we were covering world champs when you won. Like, we would do each day, do a little episode, kind of talking about the news. But also, your dad was commentating in the stadium. Um, yeah. and, and, like, we shared on the podcast because we thought it was such a great thing. Like, your dad 
being so professional, um, just calmed down the race, <laughs> didn't show any emotion. Um, uh, it was pretty good. But like, um, I've spoken to you about it before, but like you kind of said your dad, like not long after the race was like, all right, Jake, you got Commonwealth Games next week. Like you just won World Champs, but it's like, mate, you got another race next week. Like get ready for that. Like how is that relationship with your dad? Yeah, it's interesting that because it's like, that's like one of the biggest things you can do in the sport and the reality of it is you never know if you're going to do it again. It's like you hope you can go on and push on. So my thing was like, you have to enjoy that moment. So when he came over and said that, I was like, come on, Jeff, like, have a day off there. <laughs> and I think my mum was there and she had to say to him like, nah, like, come on, like, enjoy this. And yeah, it was literally, I think I gave myself, um, until I got back here, like back to Tennington, like two days later, and then Georgie, my girlfriend, like hit all this stuff related to the world. So that I like I went for a run, came back and like people got me cards and gifts and stuff. And I came back in and it was all gone. So <laughs> really? was like, yeah, like forget about it. And yeah, and, and switch on. So I've got more than just him that would like that. But yeah, it's 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 a funny dynamic because it's like the triple threat, I guess, from him where he's like my father, he's my coach, and he was the announcer in the stadium. So for him it's like probably there's, there's a lot more emotions for him when I race and there's nothing he can really do to control it. So mm-hmm. it's probably pretty tough for him to be able to be professional with it. But he's done it a very long time and like I've done so many races where I've been out of my depth and I've been near the back and he's not even mentioned my name once. <laughs> yeah. He's had to ask me. Like, sometimes he'll be in the, yeah, well, he's in like the best seat in the stadium like watching and he'll have to ask me afterwards, how did I do? And I'm like, ah, oh, that's when you know you've done bad because he's been yeah, yeah, watching yeah. the race, calling it, but he's had no reason to acknowledge where you are or see anything. Um, so the like dream scenario, I guess, was having a moment like that where he's actually part of the like part of the moment with the voice in the stadium. And yeah, it's it's like being coached by my dad as well has been something that if someone's asking me what's it like to be coached by him, it's like I, I literally have no idea what it's like not to be. It's like the only experience of a coach is is him for me. Um, and part of it is like probably similar with you and like Nick where you've been coached for so long that they know you better than yourself almost they know how you respond to stuff they know how you think they know how like yeah like little things that would be probably signs that I'm tired and stuff like that so I'm like grateful that I've been able to have someone that's planned my whole journey from the age of 15 through the sport and to end up kind of reaching where we have now is, is pretty cool yeah and obviously it was pretty good um, like you got to celebrate came back got another medal at Com Games but then I remember your 1k at um no your 800 sorry at Brussels and oh, yeah, I was, yeah like because I was there I was in the stadium watching it and like I don't know I was just I, I love watching you race like I think you always run tactically so great but like that race I was like geez you're just so good I loved watching that so he did a good job by settling no. you down <laughs> thanks man it was I'll tell you what like the the commies medal was almost the one I was like most proud of in the season because man, I did not want to be there. It was yeah. it was awful. Like I, I literally like nine days after winning worlds, I had to get back on the start line and race at Commies. And it was like I tried to ask people's advice as to what I should do. And because I had the option of the eight and fifteen, and I was like, the eight is like a nicer experience for me. And a lot of people said after, like, because you see you see people's like no, no one I know, but like randoms comments always going on about like, oh, like he's not doing the fifteen. He's like ducking racing like the 15 runners and for me it was always like I want to be as good at the 8 as I am at the 15 so then commies was a chance to do that as well but then I thought to myself could I sit and watch the 15 final having chosen to do the 8 and feel like that was the right thing and I was like no I would I would not feel good doing that so I stepped up and raced it and 
was glad to just come away with something. But then from that point, I always knew even at the start of the season, I was going to focus on doing eights because I see myself as like an eight runner as well. If I can do both, if there wasn't so stupid hard in Britain to qualify for both teams, I would try and do both. Yeah. But sadly, the reality is I have to stick to one and the 15 seems to be the one that gets me the most at the moment. Hey, Jake, we're going to go to uh, that uh, depth in the UK in a second, but I just want to ask, when you got back uh, home after Com Games, did your girlfriend let you read all those cards from World Champs or did she burn them? <laughs> I think they never came back out. That's what I said. <laughs> but it was also like, um, I, I literally didn't stop. So I think I came back from Birmingham Commies for a day and I went and did Monaco 1K and then we literally came back from Monaco for a day or two and then went to Munich for... Europeans like that summer is probably probably the reason like a big contributor to why I didn't have a 2023 season was because that summer was just relentless it was like three champs but just in between non-stop racing um but yeah there's there's stuff right now it's even like now for example like say if you have little bits that go back to 2022 like I have like um like a book of stuff like like scrapbook almost and it's like you, you still can't even look back on it now because there's still stuff to achieve looking forward. It'll be when I finish and I'm, this old man probably bringing it to the pub to show people <laughs> yeah. that I actually was somebody once. That'll be, be when it comes into its own, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned kind of the depth in the UK. Like we in Australia, I think we have a fair bit of depth in the 1500. Um, we got four guys running out on the standard last year, but the UK had five and like yourself didn't run last year. So pretty much have six guys running on a standard and you're all running pretty much under 331. So, um, yeah. like how do you feel kind of this year going into the Olympics? Like even just making that team it is a tough team to make. Yeah, it's tough. It's too fair. Like I would have said until probably three or four years ago, maybe even sooner than that, that Aussie depth was always better than us because it used to be, it was like me, Josh, Neil, like Hayward, and then going back, even Chris, there was only like four, maybe five of us at best that were running standards and making teams. Whereas now it's like, you were saying it's five with a standard and me, both myself and Hayward didn't race last year. Yep. So that's another two to add. Um, it's good. Like you want it to be domestically as hard as possible because I think you need to be tested to make a team. Like you, you wouldn't want to just be given, given a, a spot on a team without having to go through any sort of like scenarios to get there like for me that was the big thing for 2022 was if I want to go and have a chance of winning or like meddling at Worlds I have to win my trial that's what I saw it was like you have to be the best in your country to then go and want to try and be one of the best in the world um, so you put a little bit more pressure on that day kind of simulate what the like feelings would be like when it gets to those big champs it's just every time you think ah oh, like next year won't be as hard as this year and it seems to be even worse. Yeah. And like the current state of it now, like you've got like George Mills, for example, who came into his own in the end of the season, like running, running real quick times. And he just ran quick over 5K. Like Josh probably won't even do the trial because I think the way the selection and the criteria is, he almost gets like a buy into it. Um, and then you've got Neil who makes like global final pretty much every time Hayward who's Olympic finalist um, yeah it's going it's to be tough and then you've got like Elliot who's probably going to go 15 again and there's more names than even that but it's it means that everyone who makes British team is almost expecting to make a final and hoping to medal which is a dangerous position to be in yeah that's definitely a good thing I think having 
like it's the same with the American team, like a lot of the years. If you make the team, you're going to be right up there at the World Champs or the Olympics. Yeah. So, um, but the, the whole kind of world depth has, has changed a little bit as well. And even the style of racing at championships, I guess like in 2016 was the, the slow Centro race. But since then, everything's been quick. Like you won it in 329. Um, and I was speaking to Stewie and Rambo and, he, and I said like, what happened to Jake at the 2021 Olympics? And because I think you were 10th there, which is like, not a bad yeah. result at all, but you won it the next year. So it's and so what changed, I guess, from the Olympics to 2022? I think to start with that, if I was to pick an era I could have been one of my best at, it'd be around the 2016 era because yeah. it's like who wouldn't love or like myself the way I run, I would love a 50 second last lap of a slow pace, yeah. but like. I can't influence it like that. It's like I can't get on the front and slow down a race to become that when there's 11 other people in it that can make an impact. But yeah, I I probably went into Tokyo like very underprepared for like what I needed to do while I was going to make the final. So it was like the quickest race I'd raced all year was I think I won Hinglo in like 3.33. And I was like, 3.33 was like the semis were one quicker than that. So it's like I hadn't had experience of racing at like 55 second pace or whatever, to, or 56 second pace even, before I went into the Olympic final, which I think in hindsight wasn't great. I also, I barely made it through the semis of Doha in 2019. I was like the fastest loser by fractions. So I was pretty paranoid going into the semi-final that I needed to qualify like as comfortable as possible. So I won my semi. And I think when you're running back-to-back races at low 330s, it's like, exerting a little bit more energy in one round ends up having a much bigger con- consequence than you realise. And when you've got to run a PB in the final to have any chance of doing anything, you can't afford to do that. So I came away from the final, like just literally I had nothing really in it. It was, it was by the time we got to like a lap to go, my legs were gone and similar to quite a few, probably it was like S- similar the front to of the, yeah, like, like I remember hard afterwards. He semi, like he was saying, like they broke, or everyone broke the Olympic record in the semi in one of the semis. Yeah, it was like, crazy. Yeah, but it was like the first year that had happened. Mm. It was like every other year we'd been like three thirty five, three thirty six, and it was yeah, like three thirty, like ones, twos, and threes, yeah. which is a big difference to get through it. But I was like, if I was to run over five k against all the field, I reckon I'd be very, very close to the back. Whereas if I was to run over eight hundred, I'd be very close to the front. Mm. So it's like I can't really rely on that 800 speed anymore because I don't get a chance to use it. Therefore, I need to become a much better endurance, that 5K base guy, which is what I spent the winter and the indoors trying to do, which yeah, can't seem to pay off, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It does suck though. You got this 143, 800-meter speed, you know, get a chance to use it because you got Stewie or, or Jakob on the front just <laughs> hammering, which sucks. But well, that was the thing was like, Probably similar to, I would say like Josh is a similar category to me where he's ran yeah. like good over 5k and half marathon or whatever, but he's, he's an 8.15 guy rather than 15.5 still. And it's like, if you can be good enough to still be there to use that speed, then that's the only thing you need to be able to do. So like you don't need to be able to run off the front from two laps out, but you need to be able to hang with it until you get the chance to, to still accelerate off that sort of pace. Well, we're uh, we're working with Murray Plant Me, and I want to see this uh, 143 speed in the flesh. So we'll make sure we talk to the organisers and make sure it's real slow. Yeah, yeah. We'll try yeah I don't know. Stu McSwain, I think, is going to try and prevent that somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get me out there as a pacemaker. Um, yeah. We got yeah. So I was looking for you and Stu. You're 
two two um, head to head over the fifteen hundred. Yeah, um, really. Yeah. And you guys have never raced over a mile. So this would be the nah, be good. I I can't think. I don't know when I first would have raced Stewie. There's there's a lot of times. So like we both won MZ car at different years and stuff like that. There's been a few seasons where I've done. And eight. Then again, it looks like I'm ducking still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've done eights quite a lot. Whereas he's done 15s. And then, yeah, I think, I don't think I raced him that much the year. Was it in 2020 during COVID where he was um, winning a lot of the Diamond yeah. League 15s? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I raced many times there. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There's there's a score to sell, isn't there? Definitely. In a few weeks' time. <laughs> hey, Jake, um, Stewie, obviously we're talking about him, how much of an Australian favourite he is. Um, when all the Aussies watching Stewie at a championship racing a 15, his starts are so bad and we get so nervous. So can we pay you? <laughs> we'll, we'll take some money out of the podcast and pay you to, to uh, train Stewie on his starts. <laughs> Mate, my thing, whenever you race him... Um, He'll probably he'll listen to this, won't he? But yeah, I, he won't mind me saying. But it's like as soon as you as soon as you go and you like if you go close to the front and you're like, oh, that Stewie's not here, and then it'll be like 150 meters. <laughs> but, oh, here he comes! <laughs> like, and you see the video, he's, he's in lane four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the way around. But it's like, yeah, he's trying to get there, isn't he? The whole time, but eventually he does. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. He really needs to work on that. But I, I was asking him for some, uh, like, what to talk to you about. And all he kept talking about was the little cat. Remember we went to that cafe in Belgium? Oh, yeah, the little yeah. cat. He's like, oh, asking him what he reckons about that a little cat toy that he put money in. Yeah, <laughs> it, was like, it shows how basic the two of us are of it, right? And you as well, Brett. Where it was like, we thought it was like amazing that there was this little gimmick where you give a tip and then yeah. the cat drags the coin into this box and it's like sit there or like stand there just giving loads of euros away but that's the thing with uh, like living around here in Teddington it's like it's quiet when you guys aren't here so it's nice when the like spring and summer comes and like all the Aussies invade Teddington yeah <laughs> um, yeah so you, we did mention you're coming out for Murray Plant Meet um, running the mile there it's, it's going to be a great field so all, all listeners come out and watch it. Like it's not often you get to see a world champ um, run around. So and yes, yeah, unlike Jake Wyman, I know he'll run a good race. So, um, what are your plans after Moe Plant? All for the rest. So of I the think I'm, I'm hopefully going to race in Canberra after because I think if I came all the way across to Melbourne, where I'm from. is it? Yeah. Is it? That's the capital, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real boring yeah, city. Yes. Like, real boring. <laughs> I've too fair like. I didn't have a clue where it was, so I had to look on a map. <laughs> Perfect. Like, is it halfway between Melbourne and Sydney? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like, roughly? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've never been to Melbourne. Um, I've only ever been to Sydney and Gold Coast. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting across because it's like I was coming for that race and then there's no point in coming just for a week or two. So I'm staying until start of March. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a good chance to get like a bit of training and still out there. But yeah, it's it's the main thing that everyone's been saying about is the coffee scene. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm most looking forward to, London, to hitting up. Pretty, yeah. Pretty much, just come as, fly across the world to go somewhere that's similar to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> pretty much as you adjust to the time zone um, in Australia, you'll fly back home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I got to hit. And then it's, I don't know what it's going to be worse, getting there or coming back. The jet lag, I think, is so... It'd be so big that it just you'll be frazzled whatever, right? Yeah, your body won't know what's going on. I remember one year I went like Europe, back to Australia, to New Zealand, to one side of America, then to the other side, and I was like, 
eating dinner and then I looked down and it was like well after midnight and I like, but I literally just thought it was 7pm but like my body just had no idea what time it was Man, that's like um, it's like being on these flights though like last night for example they served breakfast at 2.30am and it was like, like what are you doing yeah, yeah. Just like, that's the normal time for people to be eating yeah, but get you yeah I remember it was uh, Gregson used to race pretty quick after landing didn't he yeah yeah and it's like, it's mind doesn't matter, I think, with it. It's all like, yeah, it's all in your head, jet lag. Yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> definitely, it is. It is. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? Jake's just, it's all in your head. <laughs> yeah, for the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, one thing we were looking at before is uh, your YouTube channel. You've been pretty active on YouTube the last 12 months. <sighs> I tried. I, I, um, I had a bit of like a hiatus from it just because it was a bit too miserable, the content yeah. I was putting out. It was like... One, I got battered in a race, so I was like injured and cross training. And then when the summer came, I was like, I probably need to like wait until I've got something good to put. Um, but yeah, it was like it was something that I never really thought I was definitely going to do it. But I always liked the idea of if no one's going to give you a platform to like showcase yourself and a bit of personality and stuff, then like why would I not just do it myself? And it was like I have, I feel though like an interesting enough lifestyle or like an interesting enough kind of routine of going to training camps and like we take for granted sometimes what we do don't we like going away and like yeah. being able to go to these races travel the world so it's like ah oh, it'd be nice to showcase a little bit of it and my big thing was that like, I'm not, not picking up a camera and holding it myself because I was like as soon as I start getting in the way of my own training and my own like days then I may as well just stick to the YouTube stuff and pack in the like <laughs> actual competing um, so I always make sure that when we go flag, there's a, a good guy that would like come and. Well, it's just one of your training. You just got, you just got uh, Zach Seddon doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, He's supposed that, to be like, training. <laughs> if it was Zach, you'd probably just hear him speaking over <laughs> yeah. the background. But no, there's um, I'll get like a videographer normally to come and do it and stuff like that. I'll probably I'll try and do one when I'm down there. To be fair, because yeah. that would be a pretty nice one to do. And um, yeah, a lot of it is like you don't realise like how much people enjoy it until like there was a few times in the summer where people would are oh, like. Uh, when you're doing another YouTube and I'd see, I'd go to like an event, for example, where I'd be doing a speaking thing and like people would be like, oh, like we want to see another YouTuber. Like, geez, like as long as there's one person that wants to see another, then go on then. Yeah, may as well make one. Definitely. And I think like people obviously know that, like, that we train and we, we do this, but no one knows exactly what we do all day. And I think to see that inside, pe- people really enjoy it. Well, it's the same, same for you guys with this. It's yeah. like, there's more to us than just these like skinny little blokes that <laughs> yeah. run around. There's like a yeah, sprinkle of something else we can add to, <laughs> to the rest of the world. So yeah, we may as well try and do that. Yeah. All right, Jake, I think we'll leave it there. Um, we're really looking forward to having you down. Um, hopefully you can come out to training with Melbourne Track Club while you're down if, if Jeff yeah, wants you. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, no, I look forward up. to it. Yeah. And, I uh, want to run around... Uh, What's the, the tan where you guys have yeah, the... Yeah. That, yeah, so it'll be nice. There, there'll be like many sites that I've probably seen yep. spammed all over like social media that I'll get to see in the flesh. Can't yeah. break Mottram's record around a tan. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think when the, the event is like not that long after I'm there probably, right? When they do I think the it's in April. Of, April, maybe. So I think I'll just be gone. But yeah, the embarrassment would be I'll probably try and do it and I'd be like 50th or something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah all right Jake thank you so much Um, yeah for everyone come down and and cheer Jake on or or cheer Stewie on maybe Stewie but yeah yeah, give give (laughs) give him a shout yeah thanks a lot guys thanks welcome back let's get into things we've seen on Instagram this week that we aren't too sure about Tim Vincent 
Sorry. Also, Tim ran 62. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Hinson ran 6201. <laughs> I actually, maybe Tim, when you run under 62, we'll retire the joke. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's yours? Um, so, a video that was sent to us of someone trying on their new hokers and running down the street screaming like oh, they're so, so amazing. Like, like they've just all of a sudden got rockets on his feet and. But it's just it was the most it's over the, an act. It was the most over the top thing on earth. Like he was yelling into the camera with his, like he's got a cameraman running beside him or maybe a car or whatever, whatever. And he's screaming like, "Oh my god! Like this is insane! Oh my!" And he's just repeating it. Yeah, it's like he's he's had a script and he's just control C, control V. He's script. pretending like the shoes have a mind of their own and they're just taking off. Yeah, it's just it's really hard. Mate, it's you're just, just running faster. You're hard just pushing to watch. harder. Yeah, exactly. It's uh. It's it's really bad. Are we going to post this? We, <laughs> we haven't been posting. We have, have we? not been posting. Saskia went away over to America <laughs> to, to study, and uh, FTK things we've seen on Instagram segment has dropped off. <laughs> um, but there's still always victims. <laughs> uh, we like to punch up on this podcast. We say, <laughs> I think we say this to protect ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legal thing to get it's us a legal out of thing. Um, I actually have never never met Liz Clay, um, but she obviously is a really good athlete. But this came across my TikTok, my TikTok <laughs> desk. Um, Liz has filmed herself uh, reacting to Ariana Grande's. How do you say it? Is it Ariana Grande or Ariana Grande? Look at me trying to pretend like I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Grande. Grande, Ariana Grande's new single. Um, <laughs> and there's a few, it's, again, it's a hard watch. Um, it's it's just, one, I, I don't like when people film reactions to things. I think it's just because we cannot imagine setting up a camera and doing that. Yeah, because there's a few different like cuts and edits of it um, and it, like different camera angles. And I said to Brett, I said, okay, I'm going to use this in my Instagram segment. And I said, and. I imagine like doing that and then realizing the camera wasn't on. Yeah. So then you have you to go back and do it again. Um, but as I said, trying to punch up because Liz has uh, some ridiculous amount of followers and gets like millions of likes, and I think I'm just <laughs> jealous. <laughs> maybe that's what I've got to do to get to get above three thousand Instagram followers. I know. Maybe we should try them. I might try it. And that's a wrap. Yeah. Liz also racing at the Murray Plant meet, so. Perfect. Once they're in the FTK cheer zone. <laughs> <laughs> FTK cheer zone. Absolutely. Have a go at me. Sorry, Liz, if you're listening. <laughs> I'll be cheering for you on the race. Um, yes. Big episode. Hey. Very big. Yeah. Good one. Our best, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just said that. Our best, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So, as uh, just recapping everything from the beginning, um, Imagine it's like recapping everything from the beginning. We just go through the whole <laughs> podcast again. Um, so last reminder, Mori Plant Meet is on next week. Get your tickets. Use the password FTK to get a discount and please come to the FTK Cheer Zone. We want to pack that out. Um, we've got Adelaide Track Classic on this weekend. Plenty of good people running. It's going to be fast. Uh, and we have the live sh- Talk at Runners Paradise next Wednesday. The ticket link is in our bio. All ticket sales are going to the Indigenous Marathon Foundation and Stewie and Jack are special guests and there'll be some giveaways on the night to every ticket holder. Um, what else, Brett? Join the FCK team for Sydney Marathon and Sydney Marathon Run Clubs starting March 3rd. Check our socials for that. 
coming soon. Um, and just lastly, if you're interested in running Sydney Marathon, that code for the first 200 people for 10% off is FTKSM24. Yeah, they will disappear like hotcakes. Yes. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you.